Welcome to the Women's Ministry Toolbox Podcast. I'm Cindy Owenby. I'm a seasoned women's ministry leader, the founder of Women's Ministry Toolbox, and the author of Rethinking Women's Ministry. This is the place where women serving on the women's ministry team in their local church find hope and inspiration for building a flourishing, Christ-focused women's ministry. Ladies, I am so excited to introduce to you Renee Roll. She's a women's ministry leader just like you that has a story to share. I can't wait for you to hear the ways in which God has been at work in and through her and the women's ministry in their church. Renee, thank you so much for being here today. Oh, thank you for having me. I'm excited about this. Renee, would you start by telling us a little bit about the church that you serve in? Sure. I go to Awaken Church in Columbia, South Carolina. We're a small church between one and 200 people, and it's a family. I love going to church. I love my Awaken family, and I love what we all do there. I look forward to going to church every Sunday. We just have such a good time. That's wonderful. I love hearing that. Tell us how the women's ministry in your church is structured. We have a team. There's two of us on the team right now. Myself as the leader and the other gal who uh, leads with me, she's very highly administratively gifted, which is a godsend to me because I am a visionary. Having someone on your team that has that gifting is, is tremendous. She is so foundational to the success of not just us as a team, but of our women's ministry. She keeps the ball rolling. She keeps all the details in place. And she's very good about keeping me informed and uh, keeping me up to date on things. So our communication between the two of us is really good on that level. And I just love her with all my, all my heart. She's administrative and you're a visionary. <laughs> do you guys evenly divide responsibilities up? How do you decide who does what? Yeah, we do actually, because it's just the two of us, it's not difficult to divide responsibility. She hears the vision and I can tell her, this is how I see it coming about. And she says, okay. And then she says, this is how I think we can get it done. Both of us have uh, a very strong ability to see a thing or see a situation or see a problem and immediately know what to do about it. And we can come together easily in conversation with the individual giftings that we have, and we have a solution in no time. I think the only time we ever struggled with something like that was when we were on our leadership retreat last year, which maybe we can get into a little bit more later. We were waiting on the Lord to show us what was next. And Mm. we had a major breakthrough in that moment. For the most part, she and I can sit down and say, here's the deal. This is what we're going to do about. And she says, this is how I think we can go about it. And then we communicate with church leadership and we come in line with the vision as a whole for the church and adjust plans if we need to, as we need to. Oh, that's so helpful. So I'm going to ask a question for those small church girls out there that are listening. You're a smaller church. You've got two of you on the team. Are you looking to expand your team any bigger at some point if the Lord wills? Are you guys kind of set with two? We are absolutely wanting to expand. We actually, at our last meeting, we meet monthly. The two of us do regularly in my home. And I told her, I said, I'm still praying about expanding the team. And she said, I am too. But she said, nobody in particular comes to mind. We have positions that we know we want to fill. We mm-hmm. want to add on a, a person who would be involved in um, missions and outreach locally and globally with us. And they would help us develop relationships with local um, shelters and other ministries that we could continue to reach out to and conduct Bible studies with and that kind of thing. And then we want to add somebody on our team who can lead our uh, mentoring and discipleship. 
Okay. You could help us start more ladies Bible studies at church and maybe more small groups with ladies within our church that can help them expand even into small groups in their community. So we have a big vision. It's just about timing mm-hmm. and waiting on God to bring the right person. And so towards that end, we are developing an application process that we want to use that follows the same application that our church leadership uses when they are ready to hire another individual. And we're looking at all of the all of the requirements that they have on that application and adjusting them to specifically a women's ministry. Now, none of our positions in terms of women's ministry are paid positions by any means, but I believe with all my heart in talking to people and finding out what their vision is, what their giftings are, to even see if they're called to leadership, because you can ask somebody to join a team and they're all excited about joining a team and then they get on the team and you have hindsight about conversations you wish you'd had you know, prior to. I love that you guys are being very prayerful. You're waiting on God's timing, but you're also being intentional. You're not going to grab anybody that says, yes, you really want them to be the right fit for your team to have that spiritual maturity. I'm sure as part of that application process, I love that you guys are being really thorough with that. That's wonderful. So we talked a little bit about your team. I'm curious Mm -hmm. to know, do you have a mission statement? We do, because the name of our church is Awaken. Our ladies' ministry is just called Awaken Women Ministries. Okay. And our mission statement is Awaken Women Ministries seeks to glorify God through opportunities for women to grow in biblical literacy, walk in their calling, and be strengthened through gospel community. And that was actually a mission statement that was developed uh, a few years ago when there were about four or five of us on a team. And we just, we were on a leadership retreat and we just put our heads together and prayed and that's the the statement that we came up with, and we are continuing to follow that statement. Oh, it's beautiful. It encompasses yes. so many things. It, That's great. It gives us three points to jump off from growing in biblical literacy, walking in their calling, and being strengthened through gospel community. So everything we do, we go back to that statement, and we say, does what mm-hmm. we're thinking about fall into any of these categories, and which one does it fall into, and how do we navigate the development of it and getting the information out there to help engage and get involvement with it? It was a very yes. have a mission statement. That's great. Leaders, take that little tip and write it down. It's so good. <laughs> I know. That mission it, well, statement is a plumb line. There's so much that when you're in ministry, there's so much that your heart wants to go after. Mm. And the reason... I think that is true. It's because we love the Lord and we love the work of the ministry. And so in our desire to please the Lord, we want to create programs and develop different things and opportunities to engage people that will not only get them involved in a community, but will help them fall in love with God's word and even him. And so we start developing, you know, different, all kinds of little things. But after a while, you start to lose ideas. You start to lose inspiration even. And having a mission statement just brings all that in. It just rains it all in. And it always gives you a jumping off point. And it always gives you the questions, are we meeting our mission statement? Because that mission statement, if you pray over it or pray about it and ask God for it, he will reveal his heart to you for the women that you lead. Mm-hmm. They are his daughters and he knows what they need, what your specific situation is in your leadership position and the women in your church, the direction your church is going. And he knows how to tell you what to do and when to do it and how to do it. And a mission statement encompasses all of that. And it always gives you that point to go back to when you're planning things. I agree wholeheartedly with all yeah. of that. Thank <laughs> you, Renee. Yes. Yeah. 
That is great. Renee, I'd love to hear about your journey into women's ministry. Well, it's a kind of a unique journey, as I'm sure everyone's is, because I have not always been in women's ministry. My husband and I met in ministry. We got married in ministry, but it was always in uh, music and worship. And he was always the person on staff, and I would just, you know, come along beside him uh, and help develop worship teams, develop singers and musicians, and lead worship for the the entire congregation, sometimes for multiple services when we would be involved in churches that would need to have two or three services in a weekend kind of thing. And so women's ministry was something I always benefited from and would join in on activities, but not something I got involved in leading or actively participating in unless there was something going on that I could go to the church and be, be a part of. My husband and I had always said we were not ever going to make our children live our ministry life. And so there came a time when I needed to come out of ministry for a long time. And so I, I told my husband, it's kind of a funny story, but I was in an extremely overwhelming time of life. Our boys were both still in elementary school. They were coming into their older elementary years where they were getting involved in sports in, in community leagues and school activities. And I also had a full-time job. In addition, we were involved in planting a church. We were still Still, in the young years of that church, although things were starting, had been developed and things were moving along quite nicely, but when you're part of a church plant, until everything gets really solidified for a few years, everybody wears all the hats. And so it can be so overwhelming and so exhausting. So I prayed and I went to my husband. I said, look, I said, I work for you. I work for my boss at my full-time job and I work for Jesus. And I said, somebody's got to go and it ain't going to be Jesus, you know? So, <laughs> so that was a conversation that we had and we both laughed that he looked at me kind of perplexed at first, but, he, but I think saying it to him that way made him understand or helped him understand the level of exhaustion and emotional and mental stress I was under from everything I was having to do and be involved in. And so I, I stepped back from ministry for many, many years, for a lot of years. And I caught some flack for that from a lot of people. And, and I couldn't understand that. I was like, look, our, our family comes first. And I need for my kids to know that my husband and I are going to always be there for them. And we are not going to tell them that they cannot participate in their own lives because, you know, mom and dad have to do ministry. I started being able to get back into ministry when our boys got older. They were in their older middle school years, high school years. They were starting to drive and do things on their own. I was able to jump back on the worship team and participate and do some things. Over the years, I began to ask God, where do you want me? I'm following in the ministry that we've always done, in the ministry that we met in, and I love it with all my heart. I love to sing. I love to lead worship. But Lord, what is it? Is there something specific you need me to be thinking about doing? And I heard the Lord say, you will be training leaders. Now, I didn't know what that meant. I had no idea what that, what that even looked like. And I mean, that was back in the very, very early 2000s. And I, I sat on it for a long time. And I, I just wasn't sure, you know, what to do with that information. So I would pray about it, but mostly that idea just kind of got put on the back burner and I just stayed faithful where I was until the time came for it to come back up to the front, which was probably six, seven years ago, maybe. Okay. And then I got involved in women's ministry kind of just, I would almost say through, I wouldn't say through a back door, but through an unexpected door. 
There was a lady, she and her husband, they go to our church and they used to be missionaries in Africa. Our leadership came and said to her, would you please lead our women's ministry and help us get it organized and get it on track and that kind of thing. And she did that very, very willingly. And she was amazing. And she came to me just off the cuff one Sunday and she said, I would really like for you to pray about joining the women's leadership team. And so I talked to my husband about it and I prayed about it and I went to her and I said, you know, I'd love to do that. I believe that's something the Lord would have me do. So I've been on this leadership team for about four or five years now, but only in the last year have I become the leader of it. So that's kind of how that came to be. There's nothing about it that I don't love. There's nothing about it that I don't do with all my heart. I, I don't know any other way to say it. There's nothing about it that I don't love. It's hard. It can be messy, but it's also very much full of the life and vision of God. It's very life-giving for me to be where we are right now in ministry and in the growth that we are experiencing. And I'm very excited about it. I want to hear more about the growing of your ministry. Is there an event or activity you can tell us about that's been really successful in your church? Yes. And I would highly recommend this if someone, if I may say that, if I may do so, I would highly recommend this. We had a vision casting dinner. Okay. We had never done that before. We had always met as a ministry team. We had always prayed and sought the Lord for ideas and uh, ways to go and how to do things and divvied up the responsibilities among all of us. But we never had a vision casting where we had a dinner or something for all the ladies and we shared with them, this is where we feel like God is leading us. One of the things that I really wanted to see happen is the women to have something that they feel like they could buy into, that they mm -hmm. could join into, that had a little bit more direction than just the leadership team planning events every now and then for us. I brought that to my friend who leads with me and she agreed. I, and I, so we prayed about it. And this is one of the breakthroughs that we had on our leadership retreat back in April of this year. And we prayed about the ideas that we started to get. We started writing the vision down, as it were, when breakthrough happened. And this was one of them. I said, we need to have a vision casting dinner. And we were fortunate enough for this meal that we were able to have it catered and had food brought in. And that was a lot of fun to be able to do that for them. We'd not been able to do anything like that before. And we came to them with ideas. We said, this is what we feel like God has said to us. And this is how we feel like the ministry is leading. And we proposed a few ideas. And man, they bought into that vision. And I'm telling you, it. I'm, it's been nothing but life since that moment. And it, it's just been amazing. So I would recommend if anyone, regardless of the size of your church, there is a vision for what God is doing in your city. And your church has a part to play in God's vision. And so that's what struck me in my heart. There's got to be something that God has to say about our part as women in this church and in our city. Our, our church is very good about wanting to reach out to the city and to the community around us. And uh, there's got to be a way for our women to actively get involved in that instead of waiting for church leadership to give us some sort of direction. There's, there's got to be something of the heart, and heart of God involved in this. And so that's what led my friend and I to set aside some time just for the two of us to seek God and to pray. And we did some fasting before the retreat. And we prayed a lot on the retreat. We had fun together. We did some shopping. We went out to eat. We did all the things. But we also got down in it with the Lord. And we stayed up and had a breakthrough, I think, about 3 o'clock in the morning. The vision casting dinner gave the women an opportunity to understand that it's not just the leadership team coming up with ideas and things. It takes us all involved in the work of the ministry. And it takes us all involved bringing all the gifts we have 
to the table and finding out how we can go serve and do. And since that time, I'm telling you, Cindy, doors have opened for us. And I had one conversation with one of the ladies in our church this past weekend that another door for ministry has opened up and it's going to get so many of our women involved. And I cannot wait to be able to share that. I'm so excited. I just I can't stand it. I know I'm being repetitive here, but I don't know how else to say it. There's a lot of life happening right now in our women's ministry, even though we're a small church and I'm very excited about it. That is wonderful. I can t- I wish they could see your face, Renee. Yeah. You're just glowing. Like yeah, you know, I'm the thrilled. excitement is written all over your face that you're excited oh, about I, what I mean, God is doing and how he's moving in your church. Don't have time to create graphics for social media? Need help crafting great posts that encourage conversation and connection? Well, I'm here to help. I've packaged together spiritual questions, Bible verses, inspirational quotes, and icebreaker questions in social media kits for you to use. You'll find kits for every season, spring, summer, fall, and winter, as well as themed kits such as worship. These colorful pre-made graphics are designed in a square format that's Facebook and Instagram friendly. You're welcome to add your ministry logo or church's website to the design. Simply purchase the graphics, download them to your desktop, and upload them to your Women's Ministry Facebook group or Instagram account. You can check out the social media kits at womensministrytoolboxshop.com. Renee, can you tell us how your women's ministry approaches discipleship in your church? We have a women's Bible study that meets generally on Wednesday nights. Our discipleship is now starting to reach out into the community. And that was one of the ideas that I was having a conversation about with one of our, our ladies who participates in a, in a local ministry not far from here. And when I came to her and was talking to her about the idea that I had, she almost started to cry. And she said, this is an answer to prayer. This is oh. what, we've, what we've been praying for. Because discipleship to me is not just about the women in our church and offering them opportunities. I believe the word of God is clear that the fivefold ministry, the apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, and teacher, they exist to equip the body of Christ to do the work of the ministry. I told the ladies when we had our vision casting, we are going to take advantage of every resource that we can to be more involved in discipleship with each other and mentoring one another and starting discipleship groups and mentoring relationships and that kind of thing. But we are also going to be a resource. We are not just going to go after resources, but we are also going to be a resource. And that's how we're going to approach discipleship. We're going to go into prisons and we're going to disciple the women in prison. We're not just going to take the gospel in there and get women saved. And then when they get out, try to do something with them. We're going to disciple them there in the prisons. And that's been a vision of mine since I was a teenager. And there was many, many years ago. So discipleship for us is more than just us discipling one another, but it's getting out into the community because that's how we change the nations. That's how you Mm -hmm. disciple the nations. Oh, that is exciting. I love yes. that you're not keeping things inside your church and yeah. that you're training your ladies to take it outside of the door. Yes. Yeah. We, if we're not disciples making disciples, then what are we doing? Wrong. We're supposed to replicate. Absolutely. Well, that's a good place to start the prayer for those who don't yet have a vision statement mm. and then they're uncomfortable about having a vision statement or they don't know how to ask. The great commission is to go and make disciples. And that commission is the best place to start that prayer. How do we do that? What do we need to do? What is your favorite thing about serving in women's ministry, Renee? 
everything, everything, <laughs> everything, uh, every part everything. of it. Every part of it. I, I mean, I could almost cry. It's hard work. It's very mm-hmm. hard work. As anyone in leadership knows for any ministry or even any kind of business, leadership is, it's a very hard thing. It's a very difficult thing. But when God calls you, you know, the, I believe it's in Romans. I want to say Romans chapter five, where it says the, the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts. Mm-hmm. And I looked up that word shed and it means that it's, it's, it has the implication like a, a large bucket that was full has been spilled over and just continues to flow where it will because there was so much water in it. And that's how the love of God has been shed abroad in, in our hearts. And when God has called you to wherever it is that he's called you, the love that he has for the people that you will be reaching, there's plenty of it in your heart for that ministry. You don't have to worry about that. You don't have to think about tapping into that. It's there. What we tap into as leaders in ministry is the actual heart of God for the women that we're leading. There's so much, gosh, there's so much I could say right here. But that's why I love everything about what we do, because I see what it's going to look like when it's done. And maybe that's just because I see myself as a visionary. But once I get an idea, I can already see what it's going to look like when it's finished. My job as a leader is to trust the Lord to order the steps to get there and to do it the right way. Because his love for the souls that he has entrusted into our hands as leaders, their souls, their eternity is at stake. Mm, Everything is at stake here. There's so much at stake being a believer in this world, when we begin to understand what's at stake and how precious those souls are to God, when we consider our own souls and the fact that we have our eternity established in Jesus, then why do we let things stop us from sharing the word of God? Why do we let ourselves become intimidated in those moments? You know, I asked myself that question. I've had a couple of Moments recently where I was in a hurry doing errands and that kind of thing. And I'm also a caregiver. Um, my husband and I are, are also caregivers. So there's a lot that we have that we have going on. But I, I know that I've missed a couple of opportunities, just people that I've met in, in public just coming and going. And it broke my heart and I cried. And, but I would pray. I would ask God to forgive me. And I would pray, please send someone along, Lord, who will do what you had called me to do. And I missed it. Please, Lord. Send someone who will do that. And and on one occasion, I actually turned around and went back and, and did what the Lord told, told me to do. And I was thankful that he left that door open for me to do that. It, it, he's so faithful. He's so faithful. But the thing that's scary for me about leadership is I am the last person. And I'm, I'm probably going to get a little emotional here. <laughs> so you'll have to bear with me. But I am the last person that should be doing this. I'm the the last person. I have said to the Lord, I love doing what you've called me to do. And I had one of those moments recently where I knew that I was smack dab in the middle of what God had called me to do. I was doing exactly what he told me that I would be doing with my life. And it was a very solemn, sobering moment because I knew that only God could do it. But I lose things. I'm clumsy. I've lost two diamond rings one of which I am convinced is buried in the abyss of our car somewhere. It's in that place where only a mechanic would probably find it if they tore our car apart. But I was crying out to the Lord one day in a particularly difficult season. And I said, Lord, you know, I lose things. I lose precious things. I've lost two diamond rings, but you have chosen 
to give me, to put in my hands something that is so precious to you, which is the souls of the women that you've called me and my friend to lead. You've entrusted me with that, and that is more valuable to you than anything, but I lose precious things. Why would you put me in this position to to steward these souls, you know, and there was silence, complete silence. I was saying that to the Lord, like I really expected him to answer that question for me. And there was just complete silence. And I often think about that. And I just think, you know what? God calls us where he calls us for his purposes and for his reasons. And he does not need to answer to me for why he has called me and placed me where he's put me. It is mine only to be obedient and to follow through with what he's told me to do. And so I do that to the best that I can. I'm not perfect at it. And I still need training. I lean on mentors and I lean on our leadership at church for advice and correction when I need it. And I move forward with that. But that's the thing that scares me is I know my own heart and I know my own tendencies. But I trust God that he knows what he's doing and he knows what he's doing with me in the spot and in the place where he has me. And I I do my best to be faithful there and not to question him and not to put him in, in a position in such an arrogant way as to make him have to answer to me for why he chose me. That's beautiful, Renee. Thank you for sharing that with us. Mm -hmm. I know there's some leaders that are going to resonate with what you just shared. Oh, yeah. What advice would you give to a new women's ministry leader? There's two things I would say. The first thing that I would say is you stay the course. You stay that course. If you know God has called you, you stay that course. And you stay the course of obedience, which means that if you need correction, that you will receive it and you'll fix it the best way you know how with God. You'll repent, but you'll stay that course of obedience. The enemy is going to come after you with condemnation. He is going to come after you with naysayers. He's going to come after you with accusations. He's going to come after you in so many different ways. It's unbelievable. Almost. And we hear that a lot, but that is so true. You'll lose sleep because you care about the women. You're not going to lose sleep because you're going to doubt your call. You're going to lose sleep because you're going to care about the women and you're going to feel the burden of that. That's what ministry does. Ministry brings to you a burden like no other job in the world does because you understand the eternal significance of the souls that you're leading. But you stay that course and you find yourself a mentor or two or three, (laughs) you get yourself a team around you. You get in there with your elders and your pastors and you get advice. I don't care how educated you are. I've been in ministry for 46 years now. And the first thing I do when I find myself in need is I go to my mentors and I go to my pastors and our elders and I say, this is the deal. I need y'all to tell me what to do, you know, kind of thing. Or I need y'all to pray and I need someone to walk with us through this thing. And I'm very thankful that we have a church of faithful pastors and elders who will do that, who will come alongside us. But you stay that course. You get in there and you dig your heels in with God. And you do what back in the day we used to call grab a hold of the horns of the altar if you have to. (laughs) But you get in there with God in your secret place with him and you stay that course. The second thing that I would say, I'm going to pay forward here, the best advice that I ever got. When David and I moved to Columbia, we moved here from Charleston, South Carolina, and we were sent 
from a church there in Mount Pleasant, which is in the Charleston area, to plant a church here in Columbia. That's how we got to Columbia. He was asked to be the worship leader, to set up the worship team and the worship ministry there and to train people and to bring people in. And of course we did. He was one hired on staff that I came alongside of him in doing that. Four years into that church plant, we became a campus of the church that we were sent from. That campus church is still planted here in Columbia. And even though we're not there still in in that place, I drive by it a lot and I see that church and I I get a little teary-eyed because I think we had something to do with that. And we see the fruit of what is continuing in there. And it'll humble you and it'll bring a tear to your eye. But the man uh, and his wife who pastored that, they are still very dear and close friends of ours today. Back in 2011, I had attended a conference. With At that conference, I was able to make some connections and some really wonderful doors for ministry opened up for me there. One of which turned out to be our friend invited me to come speak at their women's Christmas tea. It was the first time I'd been invited to be a guest speaker somewhere. So I prepared a message like I would normally do if I was just going to lead a Bible study. I got everything together. David could not drive to Charlotte with me that weekend, so I drove by myself. I drove to their house, and his wife was already at the church decorating with the other women. He was there with their son, whose birthday they were celebrating that weekend, as it turned out. And he was getting ready to take his son out to go pick up a bunch of his friends. They were all teenagers, and he was going to take them to a pizza parlor or bowling or something or to a movie. I can't remember what it was. So I'm just riding happily along in this van, this big old huge cargo van kind of thing. And he's talking to the kids and making sure his son has all the rules down and everything. And I'm just waiting to get dropped off at the church. And all of a sudden he says to me, now, Renee, you know, you're not here to teach the Bible, right? I didn't respond to him verbally, but I, in my mind, I thought, well, then why am I here? What am I doing here? But I knew him well enough to know that something profound was about to come out of this man's mouth. And so I just kept my mouth shut, which I have learned is is probably a habit I need to develop. (laughs) Keeping my mouth shut when I need to be listening. As I listened, he said, you are here to bring the word of the Lord. And then I thought, well, that's enough right there. My mind was blown at that moment, but he didn't stop there. He then said, and this is what nailed me. He said, do you know the difference? And I was like, oh my gosh, I was speechless. I couldn't respond. I just thought about that. If you took those three questions, well, it's two questions in a statement. If you took that without my commentary in it, it would just sound like this. It would sound like you are not here to teach the Bible. You are here to bring the word of the Lord. Do you know the difference? That completely set me on course right there at the very beginning of my ministry. And I want you to know, I went back into my bedroom, the room they had me staying in that night, and I got on my knees and I said, I'm scrapping everything, God, and I need you to tell me what to say. These are your daughters. You know what they need to hear. You know what their hearts are willing to hear. You know what their ears need to be perked up to listen for. And so I'm asking you to give me your words for these ladies. That was a Friday night. And then Saturday, I went into that uh, Christmas tea and I still had my notes in front of me and I was still able to use them. But I went in with a different heart for that message and a different reason for it and a different path for it. So if I could pass on anything to anybody, when you're preparing a message, especially when you're new in ministry and you want to get off on the right foot, 
understand that you're standing in front of hearts that God has already prepared to hear his word. Pray and ask him, what is that word? What is the thing you want them to hear? And be willing to deliver that and be willing to scrap everything that you've already got into place if you need to. Do your preparations, get them ready and ask God, what is it you want me to say? But be ready to throw away everything you just prepared and speak what what the Spirit of God has given you to speak and share. Thank you, Renee. I love that you're taking every opportunity to go before the Lord and ask him what it is that he wants specifically for the group of women, whether it's the group of women you're speaking to, or it's the group of women in your church. You're not just grabbing something off the internet or an idea that another leader has shared, maybe in the Facebook group and copy and pasting it. Yeah. You're saying, Lord, how does this work for our women? Is this right Right. for our women? Is this what you want for our women and being willing to let it go, even if it's a really, really great idea and something that you maybe are really excited about, but you're putting it before him first and laying it at his feet. Absolutely. As we wrap things up, is there a resource or recommendation that you would like to share with other leaders? Yeah, I would really, really like to recommend your website, Women's Ministry Toolbox. I mean, there's a wealth of resources on there, not just for women's ministry and what to do with ideas, but on training leadership. For our leadership retreat this year, we're going to be using your book, Rethinking Women's Ministry. And I love, yeah, yeah, I love the name of that book. I specifically love the name Rethinking because as I've been in prayer and the way we lead right now is every Wednesday is a prayer and fasting day for just the two of us. And we seek God, we pray for each other and we're not together on those days, but we pray for each other and we pray for our women's ministry, we pray for our leadership and we're fasting before God. So we have a regular time of fasting and prayer. And in in those times, I'm beginning to sense a move of God in the earth where I just don't know that ministry is going to look like what we're all used to seeing it look like. I think it's going to look differently. I don't even know how to describe that, quite honestly. I just feel like God is moving in such a way that as leaders, we're going to have to be in tune with his spirit to move the way he's moving and to be obedient where he's calling us to be obedient and to see what he's going to do. It's, It's going to be outside what we normally think of as ministry, I believe. Mm. Um, And that's the only way I know how to say it. So that's why that word rethinking really, really intrigues me. And I cannot wait to get into that and study that. And we will be reading it together, studying it, and then talking about it on the retreat and seeing what we can glean from that and how we can move ahead in that. And the Facebook page, I love the Facebook page. (laughs) The ideas that women share that they come up with, some of them are so unique and so creative. And I'm like, Jeez, that is so simple. How in the world does not everybody know that? You know, and and I love to comment on some of those things and take some of those ideas and and I have some of those ideas and and use them. Um, I also would like to recommend Better Together. There's a program on TBN called Better Together. I think they have a podcast. What I love about that show is you get to eavesdrop on the conversations of all these women who are leaders in their respective ministries, where they go. Some of them are national leaders. That's a great place to go um, to just listen to their conversations and glean from what they have to say. Pastoral leadership is huge to me. There's a podcast called The Focused Pastor, where I will go every now and then and 
pick out different pastor. Renee, you have shared so much with us today. It has been so good. Thank you for being willing to sit down with me and letting these leaders eavesdrop on our conversation. I know you're going to walk away inspired and encouraged, but also with some great tips. Thank you so much for being here. Oh, thank you for having me. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Women's Ministry Toolbox podcast. Leading in women's ministry can be lonely, but it doesn't have to be. You'll find support and ideas you can use in the Women's Ministry Toolbox community Facebook group. We would love for you to join us. Search for us on Facebook or visit womensministrytoolbox.com slash groups to access the link. May the grace of God carry you through difficult ministry seasons. May He direct your steps as you seek to make Him known, and may your love for the Lord be apparent to every woman you serve.